Hey guys, um, welcome back to Reactive Attachments. I'm Taylor. I'll be hosting your podcast today. I want to first say that I'm sorry for the technical issues that occurred um, on the last podcast. I'll be kind of explaining that in just a moment, but I just wanted to get an intro in here and tell you that this is going to be just a whole episode about um, reactive attachment disorder, kids, and hygiene issues. All right, so tune in and, um, you know, give us your feedback. Thanks. Hey guys, I am so sorry. I had some technical issues on um, this part two. And then honestly, I just got like overwhelmed with a bunch of things and got a little bit distracted. So I apologize for that. Um, Basically, I had posted about, um, posted slash published a podcast and some content about a really tragic situation, Nair um, Taylor. Uh, a young a young baby, nine months old, that passed away um, in a really crazy situation involving fentanyl and young mom and just heroin and uh, it's just a whole mess. Um, but I said I was going to come back with a part two and I published it with the part two um, and then somehow my whole entire recording of my part two was corrupt. I don't know, it's very strange. So um, I'm going to re-record that right now and get that added to the podcast. I hope it's not too late. I may just post it separately and just edit the, the title for um, my last episode. But anyway, I, I wanna tell you guys, thank you so much for listening and for sharing and engaging with us. You know, it's a lot right now for us. We have a lot on our plate. And, um, you know, I'm definitely doing the best I can to try to keep everything pushing and try to keep this content rolling and really like make some, some moves here with this podcast. So, um, I had talked about, um, the, the content that I had posted and talked about was gaslighting and hygiene. Um, so I'm going to get into hygiene first really quick. And what I want to, what I want to say about hygiene is that it is across the board, Um, something that we see with reactive attachment disorder and um, unattached or children that are lacking a bond um, from birth or from infancy mostly. So uh, we talk about hygiene, like that's a broad term, obviously. What does hygiene mean? Uh, Obviously, each household has different standards for cleanliness and, you know, those types of habits, you know, self-care and and just overall hygiene. But um, no matter what those standards are, what we've seen time and time again is that um, the child um, of question has zero connection to their uh, the standards of hygiene in their home or to any kind of common level um, expectancy for the age group the child is in for hygiene. So like talking younger children, um, not crying when they're in a, a diaper that needs to be changed. We're talking um, school-aged children that are throwing themselves on the ground when you make them brush their teeth or take a shower. They are not only, um, you know, it's not just an indifference. It is a strong, strong aversion to cleanliness, um, especially of the body. So, you know, we see um, the question of, you know, brushing the teeth. That is something that um, is repeatedly shown to be a problem. We hear it burns. We hear it. I don't like brushing my teeth or I I've heard things like, I like the way my teeth feel when I don't brush them. They feel warm. I'm like warm. Are you making the fuzzy connection? Like, what do you mean? They feel warm. 
Um, you know, you just hear bizarre things. Um, I've, I've heard as far as like, um, urine and feces go, like the child refusing to use the, the appropriate, you know, restroom facilities, um, say things like, I, I like to go to the bathroom in my closet. Why do you like to go to the bathroom in your closet? Cause it's my closet and that's where I like to go to the bathroom. Okay. But that doesn't really answer the question. Why do you like to go to the bathroom there? It's not the right place to go to the bathroom. There's a toilet right next door and that's where you're supposed to go. Yeah. But I like to go to the bathroom here and I can save it. When you go to the bathroom in the toilet, you have to flush it away. I've heard that. I've heard, um, I've seen, I've seen and heard, um, gross amounts, large amounts of, um, appalling levels at much, much, much matured age groups, um, of kids that are still playing in their feces. They're, they're, um, commonly known to urinate on themselves and not really have a response to that. They don't feel the need to change. They don't feel the need to ask to change the bed, their clothes. Um, I've, I've heard stories of people having to, um, multiple times in a, a small, uh, gap, you know, a small amount of, of time will pass say a couple of years and families will have to remove the flooring, um, from the child's room, put down vinyl flooring, things like this. Um, I, I can go on and on with these types of examples. Then there's also your, your teenagers. So this is where it gets really crazy, especially with females, but like, um, we're talking, you know, they're in sports, they're in puberty, their hormones are causing them to have all kinds of funk and smell. And yet they are still persistently, um, lying about their showering habits. They're lying about brushing their teeth. They're lying about, um, you know, their toilet behaviors, things like this. So we have teenage girls that are refusing to dispose of their, um, feminine hygiene products correctly. They're refusing to wear them. They're refusing to, um, change them. They are refusing to change the underwear that goes along with them, um, to the point where it's just, um, you know, it's, it's a hazard to their health. It's, you know, it is, um, foul smelling odors are produced at this point. Um, clothes are ruined, you know, bathroom or common areas are dis- disrupted by the dispo- in- inappropriate disposal of feminine hygiene products. Um, and it's, it's just really alarming. So like, um, you know, I think I've talked about this before. We have a lot of sexually motivated, hyper, hypersexual young, young ladies that fit in this category. And, um, if they can do a lot of times now, there are obviously spectrums to this, but like, say for example, if there's an opportunity for them to get up and do their hair and their makeup, so they look more attractive, um, you know, or they have an event and they want to look, you know, good for the event or there's pictures or selfies or whatever. Um, you know, they will get up, not shower, put on clothes, do makeup, do hair, or, you know, do their makeup and do, and do their hair on top of yesterday's makeup and hair. I mean, wh- whatever the, the situation may be, but they won't brush their teeth. They won't wash their face. They will, you know, they're still refusing to shower. They're refusing to, um, 
you know, brush, like I said, brush their teeth, clean their ears, um, wear clean socks. Um, I had a situation where basically I had to have a conversation that, that went something like this. Um, okay. Those socks are dirty. Like, why do you keep wearing the same socks? I've seen those socks on you like two or three times already this week. It was over summer. Oh, these are the only socks I have. That is not true. You have plenty of socks. And also if you need clean socks and I'm not aware of it, you should let me know that it's time to do laundry. You need socks or ask me for a pair of socks. Oh, well, I didn't think it really mattered. You didn't think it really mattered if you're out sweating in a pair of socks and rewearing them for days on end. Why wouldn't you think that mattered? Because I usually can only smell my feet when I take my shoes off. Crickets. You know, I was just like, what? But lately I can say I have been able to smell my feet through my shoes. So maybe you're right. Okay. You're about to get a learner's permit to drive a car. We should be past the point where we're discussing stinky feet, um, very variables. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, I was appalled. Um, I've probably mentioned this before in my own personal experience, we had a situation where, you know, um, our kid had her own bathroom. And so, you know, we had regulated our shower time. So we would schedule showers. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then depending on the weekend, we would usually do another shower on the weekend, of course. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday were without a doubt shower night, right? So we would do showers. Um, as far as like, okay, you need to go in there and get in the shower. We'd hear her in the shower. We would hear her sing in the shower. We would see her with the wet hair out of the shower, make her blow dry her hair, you know, put on deodorant, whatever. Well, I wasn't really monitoring or thinking about the amount of soap she was using because I usually just go to the store. I buy the exact same things at the exact same time of the month, every time. Um, and I, at one point realized like, okay, she doesn't need body wash for a while. Um, and then, you know, we moved, um, that's what she gets her own bathroom. And I kind of slipped my mind a little bit because usually she would come and take my stuff or ask or, you know, whatever. Um, so Danielle was like, let me, let me just see what's up. She's like, um, so she asks, um, Hey, did you need body wash? You know, mom's got to go to the store. She was like, Oh no, I'm good. And that's when she like really knew for sure. She went in there and checked and like there was a little bit of some from before the move that we brought with us and then the full bottle that she had and another small like travel, you know, not like travel size, like bath and body work size body wash that none of that had been touched. It had been like four months. And I feel so embarrassed to even admit it because I mean, obviously like I should have realized that she wasn't asking for body wash or whatever. And I just, I just didn't. Um, so four months passed. That's when we had to go back through the whole like ordeal of showering. I was again, like I said, I mean, I'm absolutely horrified at this point. I am like so unsure of what's going on because you know, the age and, and like the expectation of showering had been scheduled, like all of these things. And, um, I had to literally like, okay, I, I need to see what a shower is to you. So let's start, start to finish. Um, she took a shower in my bathroom and, you know, I sat there with her, you know, she was behind like the clear, like the shower um, liner and, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to start it from the beginning. <clears throat> so I had to 
check her about the temperature of water. It was an ongoing issue. She tried to wash dishes in cold water. She would try to wash her hands in cold water. She obviously was washing her body or rinsing it in cold water. So I'm like, no, this water is not warm enough to mat. Like you can't shower effectively in cold water. So then she's like, um, you know, I feel like I can't breathe when the water's in my face and warm. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make, that doesn't make like any sense at all. Right. Like you swim all year long, like you're a fish all the time. You, I mean, you've, you've been made to bathe like multiple times a day at some points in your life. Like, what do you mean you don't like water in your face and you can't breathe? I mean, just weird things like this. So, you know, regulate the water and I say, okay, let's start. Like, let me see how much soap you put on your sponge. Barely any soap. So I have to go from there. Like, okay, that's not enough soap. So let's do it like this. I mean, and questions came up during this time. Like, do you wash between your toes every time you take a shower? And it's like, yes, every single time. Definitely. And, um, you know, I even allowed her to shave during the shower to get a full scope of what, you know, shaving. I think she was restricted from shaving at the time, which is a whole nother story. Um, so like just to show her, you know, here's a, a full shower start to finish. Um, we had issues with like scalp flakes and stuff because she didn't wash her hair correctly. I, for a long time, I would just wash and dry and condition her hair for her. But so I'm like, okay, let's scrub it, rinse it. Let's do it one more time. Do your conditioner, let it soak while you shave your legs, blah, 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 whatever. So I went through and gave her my timeline and expectations of a, of a good thorough shower. It took us all of literally 13 minutes. Now my showers were like an hour long, but took us like 13 minutes and it was probably the cleanest the child had been in a very long time. So she even made a comment like, this is taking so long. This is the longest shower, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually it was not that long of a shower. It was less than 15 minutes. And it is the most thorough, um, job you've probably done in a very long time. Um, and then when she got out, she was like, Oh, I feel so warm. It feels so nice. Like I'm not freezing to death. And like my lotion went on my face so well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, because you actually use warm water and it's winter at this point, of course. So it's cold outside. And she's like, you know, totally different experience. She said she fell asleep so fast and all these things. I'm like, see what I mean? It's not, but then of course, like two months later and we're back to fast showering, rinsing off in cold water, the whole thing, you know, just like completely snapped out of it. And This is like an ongoing trend. I mean, I can't express the hygiene, um, the frustration associated with it. You know, it's just like, okay, you know, you have to, you have to do this with your feminine, feminine hygiene products. Like, okay, you have to, um, and not to be too explicit, but, um, during the summer, she would want to use a tampon for like water activities and outside stuff, which, you know, I understood. Um, however, she would obsess about it and she would, um, you know, every couple of minutes she'd be like, I, I need to go and check it. I feel it. I blah, blah, blah. It's coming out. It's this, it's that. And I would literally have to buy boxes and boxes of these, you know, multi-packs to find the smallest ones, which are like lights and they don't, they're not very easy to find. So, they would only be allowed during, you know, the, these type of like a day on the river where she's literally going to be on the water all day. 
So, you know, things like that. So, um, but the whole time she would be so physically like aware of it and touching and like all of these things that it was such a nightmare. And then, um, you know, her regular products, it would just be again, on and on with the not disposing of them properly. Um, not washing and bathing herself properly during that time of the month. We had issues with shaving of the legs. Like she would, um, like shave her legs and it would be very clear that when her legs were shaved, that she would, even in winter, when she would normally be overdressed to accommodate the cold, she would try to wear like booty shorts in the middle of winter and (laughs) because her legs were shaved. Um, or she would want to like cut up her clothes and have, you know, her thighs and stuff showing because she got to shave her legs. So we would have these weird, you know, periods of time where she wasn't allowed to shave. If she's not allowed to shave, then she wants to wear booty shorts with like leggings or pantyhose underneath. Um, because she doesn't want anyone to see her hairy legs. Like, I'm like, if you could just really rein in your, your hygiene failures, (laughs) And, like, we could really, like, get down these basics. I probably wouldn't be so focused on your, like, whole overall hygiene situation. Which then, by proxy, like, your shaving wouldn't be on the top of my mind, you know. Um, Things like cleaning out her ears or um, just washing her hands after she went to the bathroom. Like, things like that were always, you know, they got a little better. Um just with habit, but it was not an innate, um, process for her ever. And she's not alone. There's so, so, so many kids like that. Um, and worse, I mean, and even far worse, there are kids that go out of their way to do really disgusting things and they don't ever want to clean up these disgusting things. So we have situations regularly that we hear about, you know, like I said, with feces or Um, Like there will be dirty underwear, uh, say a young man consistently going to the bathroom. And these are not um, children like on the spectrum of any kind of cognitive um, deficiencies. You know, like these are regular, just regular children with attachment issues. And they come out in these, you know, um, attachment can come out in very strange manners. Um, so, you know, defecation in their own underpants, of course, and then they, they cry or they will hide the dirty underwear um, in an effort to keep them in that soiled state um, and collect them. Um, defecating on people's belongings or um, in people's beds. Um, not flushing toilets is another big one. You know, just not washing hands. Um, uh, being interested in disgusting types of things like rotting animals or, um, animal, you know, um, animal feces, things like that. Just strange connections to, um, filthy things, you know, dirty, dirty things. And then, um, no connection to cleanliness. Now our kid would randomly make comments like, she would recognize that we kept a really clean house after she would go to like say a friend's house or something. She would be like, you know, I actually am really grateful that you make me clean my room. I do see the difference. Um, or she would say like, man, y'all thought I was dirty. Whew, you should see so-and-so's room or so-and-so's clothes or like whatever. Um, 
but ultimately the whole point of this is to say like is there a reason for this because it is so consistent across the board and the answer to this is basically yes the the answer is the reason for this is oftentimes um, unknown but very clear it is when it when a baby is bonding with its mother um, it makes a connection to being clean. It cries when it needs a diaper change. It gets a bath every other day or every day right before bed. And it smells, you know, like lavender, baby shampoos. And it, you know, clean clothes are on, put on its body. Or every time it, you know, spits up, oh, we change the, you know, change the bib, change the, the onesie. Um, you know, mom's breastfeeding and her, her skin smells clean. Her clothes smell clean. Um, and they make comfort connections to these things. They're not afraid of water. They're not afraid of being clean. They expect it. It starts at infancy, you know, and it goes from there. So, um, we see it with children that, uh, I think I, I mentioned this, obviously I know I mentioned it, um, a couple of episodes ago, like we were talking about how, um, children being removed from homes because of the filth in the home and the, the home not being a safe environment, a clean environment for a child. They may be attached, they may be bonded, but they don't have a connection to a clean body, a clean home. Um, and so in those kinds of situations, we see the same types of habits, you know, the same kind of um, just unimpressive, <laughs> gross kind of behaviors because you know, if you don't make those connections, you don't gain those, those habits for yourself, you know, that they, they start so young that if you're not grounded in these kinds of, um, expectations for your environment, your clothes, your, your presentation, um, you know, you don't just, you don't just get it out of thin air. So, um, it's a hassle, especially with reactive attachment disorder, because they have the opposite. They have an attachment to, being in a dirty diaper for hours and not being tended to. They have an attachment to um, not taking baths, to not being um, picked up by a mom, fed by a mom or, or a caregiver that's clean. They have an attachment to environments that don't smell clean, that aren't cleaned. They don't um, have to, you know, feel warm water because they're not being bathed. They're not adjusting to these, these things. They're not changing out of dirty clothes into clean clothes. Um, and so we see repeatedly this, um, standard for hygiene across the board with reactive attachment disorder children, um, where they, they show that it's counterintuitive to them to be clean. So if you're struggling with that, um, let us know, send me a message or an email, um, you know, get in touch and we can see if there's something that we can do to kind of assist you in creating schedules or, um, you know, just overall improvement of expectation in the household for hygiene and kind of digging down and asking the right questions to figure out where to start for improvement, um, figuring out the kind of things that you need to maintain, not only just in the home, but in school, you know, we would, um, I've seen and I've recommended you know, the teacher in a teacher conference, um, to say, um, every time the child goes to the bathroom, um, if, if it's at all possible that the, 
um, teacher's assistant or the teacher or even maybe a buddy in class like hey did you remember to wash your hands or if there was an extra effort that could be made it's so important especially for school-age kids um, in the home we've we've done and seen charts um, rewards systems daily check-ins scheduled showers scheduled baths a lot of times bathing in a bathtub while a lot of people a lot of adults think oh I don't want to bathe in my own dirty water um, taking a bath is sometimes an easier way to establish the habit um, with young ladies and their menses. Um, I think I actually have some resources for that as well. So if you're interested in any of those things, let me know. Um, this has already reached 30 minutes almost. So I'm going to, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down into smaller segments. That way I can really focus on the gaslighting portion of, of this. I'm gonna edit the um, the description for the, the previous episode. So if you had an expectation to hear this content as a part two to that, I do apologize. Um, I really don't know what happened, but I'm just gonna make this its own individual episode. And again, I just wanna tell you guys, thank you so much um, for just hanging out with us and for, you know, um, engaging and following and sharing and we really do hope to to kind of ease minds and validate um, all of our all of our listeners and all the people out there searching for community and searching for like-minded individuals or similar stories so again like I said always if you have questions comments if you want to you know have a, a deeper level conversation send us a message. Our email address is just reactiveattachments at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at reactiveattachments, um, Facebook reactiveattachments, and then of course you can leave a voice message um, on Anchor if you're listening on Anchor. So we love you guys and we hope this week has not been the worst week ever. We'll see you soon. Bye.